Nobody went to school for sales. Each of us has our own journey, a journey that ultimately reveals the two opposing forces, the art versus science, the relationships versus the metrics, selling versus sales. What side are you on? This is the Love Selling, Hate Sales podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. Today, I am joined by Amy Volas, who is the founder and CEO of Avenue Talent Partners. Amy, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, Josh. Lovely to be here. Appreciate you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while, and then I took the the big leap to try to connect with you about a month or so ago. So, you know, and you accepted. So that's a positive thing, right? Here we are. Yes, it's kismet. Although I will say, and this is going to sound like such a jerk thing to say, LinkedIn has a connection limit. I'm actually at it. So I have to, when I accept one, I have to remove one. So oh, shoot. Yeah. Fun wow. fact. Who did yeah. I knock out? It'd be interesting to know. <laughs> a girl <laughs> never reveals what's happening behind the scenes. Come on now. Yeah, I hear um, you. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. So one of the, the big topics that I know you're passionate about is just sales and sales talent. The marketplace seems to be a little bit crazy right now. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just start with what are you seeing that people are looking for in sales talent? And is this, is the sales talent out there living up to the expectations right now? Uh, that's a really big question. Um, yeah. I'll try to keep it succinct. That's I have the idea. On the topic. Yeah. Well, I think um, it depends on who's hiring. There's lots of different kinds of companies out there. So I hang out in the startup space okay. at the four stages and I help my clients hire executive sales leaders and executive CS leaders. So that's okay. the space I occupy. But when we're talking about the sales function in general, I think the less experienced or earlier stage company, they're looking for a lot of things that one person probably doesn't um, have. Right. And so I think simply put, there's a perception versus reality problem. If it were back in the day when I came up through the sales ranks where it was full cycle, you had to do everything. There was no CS team. There was no SDR team. It was it all. Then I think that I have a very different answer than I do today. But we've chopped up sales so much that I find it's really hard to find somebody that's mastered all of the things. Yeah. Then you talk to somebody that's hiring and they're like, I want them to do all the things. They want a unicorn. Yeah. Well, and people like that do exist. They're just fewer and far between, but it's like, well, wait a second. And if they don't have all the things, but they have the lean in factor and the will, and they're really sharp, will you train them? And so I think that's, you know, there are lots of layers here where there isn't a perfect person, um, especially when you think about the requirements requirements that you have and you layer on so many and statements, right? right? So I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. And it's like, but wait a second, is that realistic? Because the more you pile on to that, this is what I need list, right. the more you whittle down the pool that's there. So that's like one thing. But the other thing is we have a supply and demand issue too. So the number of people that are available to do the work that are really good, that number is not able to keep up with how many roles are actually available. And so what's really doing is it's creating um, a lot of friction in the marketplace. Oh, and by the way, then we have a bigger problem where it's not just, okay, I need to hire me and everybody else needs to hire the same kind of role. Um, There aren't enough people to do the role, but now I can't keep them. 
so there's a big turnover problem. So our, our function turns over nearly three times more than any other function. Is it really that much now? Wow. Yeah. Which is a really big problem, right? So I think it's that perception versus reality thing. And my whole narrative and what I believe in and the work that we do is I don't care what article you read. I don't care what LinkedIn posting you read. I don't care what the noise is around in the marketplace. What I care about is what's the work right. that's required to do this role well for your business. Not everybody else is not right. who you want to be in the future, not what you want to be when you grow up, but like what's really happening in your business. So long drawn out answer to a very short question. I hope that helped. I no, it's it- perfect. And you know, the, going back to the specialization piece, do you think that's been good for the game in general, or has it gone the wrong way? No, no I absolutely am completely against it. Um, and the reason being is the big thing when the whole like predictable, repeatable revenue through SDRs, mm-hmm. it creates efficiency. It actually does not create efficiency. So when you think about it, it's like, well, in theory, it does. So I'm going to enable my team to help them do the job that they need to do. How many reps have you talked to that are like, oh, my SDR team, they are phenomenal and they're giving me everything that I need and it's wonderful? No. <laughs> so here's the problem. The SDR team is turning over. Right. Um, the AE team is turning over. And the cost to support the SDR team, you have to have the tools. Right. You have to have the training. You have to have the leadership. You have to have the people. All of that has a cost. And what I find in terms of the metrics that matter or what people need to measure, they're not paying attention to the full story. So it's like, oh, we're just going to focus on meetings booked. But wait a second, how many meetings did you lose because your SDR team is not enabled? They're not supported. They're not able to have a business conversation. I'm a big believer. If you cannot have an opening conversation, you can't have a closing one. And if you can't have a closing one, you don't have an opening one. Right. So we're in we're missing this thing about technology is our friend. It's here to help us. It's here to enable us. It's here to illuminate us. It's not here to replace us. And just putting SDRs through this like machine, Mm -hmm. they're the front lines of the people that are going out and trying to get those meetings, trying to initiate those conversations, trying to be engaging. And if they're not doing a good job of that, Nobody's measuring what that looks like at the very top of the funnel. They're just looking at, okay, a lead comes in and did we book the meeting or not? Well, right. no, no, no. What happens <laughs> with all of those conversations? And I would argue, and I have argued this behind the scenes of many people, go back to your graveyard and tell me what that looks like. Oh and my goodness. Like, Whoa. It's a lot. We're in like such a, what's in it for me right now where it's like, oh, well, this lead didn't respond to me. I'm going to leave it into the graveyard. And it's like, that could have been the biggest opportunity. And your misstep was somebody else's biggest deal. Right. Yeah. yeah, I'm anti all of that. (laughs) Well, the biggest struggle I see is you you, can hit the nail on the head, right? Like, okay, have a business conversation. One, you're putting your least experienced people on the front line and asking them to have a business conversation with an executive in a lot of cases, right? They can't do that. They don't have the life experience to make that happen, no matter how much training you give them. Like they don't have the experience. I I don't know what else to really tell you. So there's a disconnect, right? Like what they get is product knowledge. They get features and benefits. They get a script. They might get an objection handling thing, but those aren't necessarily tools to enable a business conversation, right? No. Well, and if you think about it, it's like, so I have a unique role. I come from sales. It's my it's my first business love. 
Yeah. I'm an entrepreneur and a founder and a leader myself. And I still sell things in my company. So I'm all of the things. I'm a buyer right. and a seller, simply of put. Course. I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I just had this happen this week where um, I, I want to write a book and mm-hmm. there's a publishing company that I talked to last year. And at the end of the year, they ran this like icky sales game on me of mm-hmm. the price is going to increase. And you have this next week to decide if you oh, want to yeah. do it. And I shut it down. Like, nope, I <laughs> no. There are plenty of other publishers that I can think about. I no. Right. And so I got reintroduced to them through a client that we both have. And there was no thoughtfulness about looking at anything. So they knew that I had already connected. There was no thought about the history, trying to put it together. And I got this message that was like, how exactly can I be of assistance to you? And if you'd like to talk book time here, are you kidding me? Like, you you know, well, and in demanding like book time, what, like, how about you have a hot lead on a silver platter coming back to you and you already messed up the first time. Right. And I'm being open to giving you a second shot and you you're worse in the second shot than you were in the first shot. I absolutely said, if you were me, this is how I responded. True story. If you were me and this was your situation, I just kind of like bulleted out three things. And you were reintroduced by a mutual client that we both have. And this was your response. How would you feel? They never responded. Really? Yes. Like it's what? Unbelievable. I I just like, this is the thing. So like, I don't know. This is, uh, this is about having a business conversation. This is a tough business conversation. Right. But your buyers, they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be understood, they want to be validated or valued, both of those things, all of those things. And so when we show up to just be like, are you going to do what I want you to do? Yes or no. And if not, or you get restriction, <laughs> I'm out. Right. Especially, Josh, in enterprise sales, which is where oh I goodness. grew up. Yeah, me you too. act like a nincompoop this way. You you just said, Oh my gosh, me too. You know, like you and I both oh, yeah. know you know, and now you know. And it's like it's a big, small world there. You screw up once and the door is shut and, oh, yeah. and you are blackballed. Good luck getting back into that. Yeah. I, I, I always feel like everything comes back around, right? It, yeah. No matter if they are a fit for you now, they're low on the totem pole, whatever the excuse is that they're not right. Like treat them as best as you possibly can because who knows what's going to happen, right? I, I can't tell you how many deals have come back around four five, six years later, just because we had a meaningful conversation, the fit wasn't good at the time, but then it was like, Hey, I remembered you from X, Y, Z. Like that stuff matters, right? Like I like to use the phrase, let's build a pipeline for life rather than Q1 or Q2 or the first half. Like I love that so much more important. Well, as I like to say, I love that the pipeline for life. I love that to add to that. I always say it's a big, small world. And you mm, know I don't know. That. It's true. You never know where those paths cross again. To your story, I just had from a different life, mm-hmm. like a completely different world. An old client of mine from over 15 years ago reached out to me recently with wow. an opportunity. And, it, it, and I don't, I have nothing to do with that now. And <laughs> I gave her a different recommendation. She remembered me. That's after crazy. 15 years. That feels like, good, doesn't it? Yes. It went into like the file of rainy day when I'm sad and I feel like everybody hates me and the world is against me. 
<laughs> yes, I go and look at this, but yeah, that's the stuff. And I mean, I think we're programming people, we're incentivizing the wrong behaviors that actually hurt our business and hurt people's sales careers. I, yeah. I do believe that firmly. Yeah. And so going all the way back to what you said around specialization, not working, if you yeah. kind of connect the dots between all the stories that you just said or told, yeah, that specialization is creating a disjointed experience, right? So you, taught, you, t- you, you take specialization at the person level, and then you take all this technology that people are buying as a silver bullet that doesn't connect with one another, right? So now you get this experience of you saying, the person on the front end didn't even look to say, hey, these conversations already happened. We already talked to this person. This is what happened. Now we should be able to use that to re-engage. Instead, we just got nothing and a really bad customer experience and no dots connected and no one feels good about anything. I wrote, uh, I didn't write, I was featured. I was interviewed for an article that Built-In wrote about is sales over-segmented. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what we're talking about. And there was another gentleman that was featured from MedPick. Hmm. And, um, there was a gentleman that shared it on LinkedIn and he was like, I started selling in 1986. Mm. And I remember when this whole thing started coming up and at the point I was in middle management. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, if I were still selling, I would absolutely hate this because of the value and the priceless insight that I gleaned from those initial conversations. And I can't tell you. How many times, Josh, from the first like one to three conversations, the getting to know you right? at discovery, notice how I'm not saying discovery because discovery always happens, right? Yeah. But like those getting to know you moments and the little bits and pieces that if you're in tune, that I have closed deals because of what I heard and I tied it back. It could be a year later. It could be three years For later, sure. it could be six months later. And if you're, even though there's technology, even though there's call recording, even though there's notes in the system people don't look back. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I can't tell you how many times I've been sold to by an SDR. I'm like, are you an SDR? They're like, yes. And even if I'm compelled, I'm like, here's how you're going to lose my business. If you make me talk to a bunch of other people after this to have the exact same conversation, I will not engage. And in fact, right. I'll take my time and I'll find your biggest competitor and engage there. Sure. That's the thing. Right. And people I'm sure listening, there's like, what a jerk. It's not a jerk. It's that my time is better suited finding somebody to meet me where I am to genuinely solve my problems right. or address what I want versus showing up to talk at me to force me through a process that turns me off. Because how you do this is a nice little glimpse into how we're going to do this together later on. And if I'm merely somebody that you wanted to price jack up at the end of the year and you can't even <laughs> respond. What would it be like if I'm writing a book with you together or right. anything else? And so these are the things that I think people don't realize. And so that it's like, you're using the term specialization. I'm not against specializing, mm-hmm. but if you're in sales, specialize in that, specialize in having a conversation, specialize in being prepared, specialize in being well-read so that you can have a conversation regardless of where it goes especially if we're talking about the enterprise, CEOs don't want you to come in and be like, what keeps you up at night? What's your pain? They want you to come in with a point of view that can help them to have a strategic business discussion. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that when you're looking at the script and the talk track and the this and the that and the battle cards. Those things are merely like this process stuff that we talk about 
it's merely a framework or a guardrail latitude in between it to meet our buyers where they are. And when we over segmentize under, I don't even know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it. I mean, we, we just, we're creating now, (laughs) but like, if I'd make it too choppy under the guise of it's, it's specialized with each person each person isn't cohesive, especially when they're competing teams. Yeah. So our team usually is run separately than the AE team. Mm. And what if it ends up being an enterprise deal? Then that person's talked to an SDR, to an AE, 10 enterprise rep. Oh, wait, maybe we have a sales engineer. There's an implementation team and then there's a CS team. I'm a buyer and I'm confused. Yeah, exactly. We want to be confusing to them? No. No. And to me, the root of a lot of that is just a simple process of qualification. Like we shouldn't be qualifying people like we should, but like, if that's your whole goal in a conversation is to qualify someone that doesn't feel good. Nobody wants to be qualified. No, it's well. And if you've been around for a while, like I have, you know, what's going on. Right. You know, like, it's like, wait a second. I know that you're trying to like run a band thing on me, or I know that you're (laughs) trying to qualify me. And so literally like, I just, this, the CEO, he was like, I can't believe we're having this call. I've been knocking on your door for, for over a year. I'm like, I've been paying attention to you. And the way that you messaged it didn't really strike a chord until you messaged it this way. Right. And, and I'm just going to set the stage here because I'm in sales and I appreciate not taking people on wild rides. I'm going to tell you how to play this call right now. Right. So here's what I care about. I don't care about anything else, but this one thing. So right. please just talk about this one thing. And then I'm going to care about price and we're going to need to talk about it today. And then I'm going to want to understand a use case for my one thing, if you actually can do that or not. Right. And if you start talking around it or other things, it's going to turn me off. And he was right. like, I've never had this happen before. I'm like, look, we could waste a lot of time tap dancing around all the things. Right. This is why I want to talk to you. And I genuinely want to talk to you. I'm genuinely interested in this. Like, this is something that's fascinating to me. And you know what happened? I'm doing a pilot with them right now. That's, that's awesome. What happened. So it's just, it's like, cut the nonsense. If he tried to be like, no, 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 Amy, we're here. Like, you need this too. No, I told you what I needed. And then as I'm talking, as we dig in, he could be like, well, wait, you said it was this one thing, but I'm hearing this other thing. Do you want to talk about this other thing too? Then I'm being heard. Yeah, right. game on. Let's talk about this. I didn't even realize that. That's how you start pointing out opportunities. You don't insights. just like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Yes. Insights because we're listening. Yeah. Insights because we're hearing. Because here's the deal. Whether it's somebody hiring, whether it's somebody that's buying something, hiring and buying are very similar things. We take action when... You can help me solve a problem, which is what everybody talks about. But then there's a lot of other things. Reach goals, get mm-hmm. better, pinpoint blind spots, and make them the hero of their own own story. So I think so many people are just looking for problems, looking for problems, looking for problems. And that's the obvious stuff. The Jedi stuff that takes you to the next <laughs> level where you are rooted in are the four other things. Right. And if you can do all the things, that's like your Yoda. I don't even know what's happening. Like that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to get back to the sales leadership topic in a second because I know that's where where you live a lot right now. But yeah. before we before we do that, um, there's a concept, and I just lost it. Shoot. Well, maybe we'll go into sales leadership. <laughs> what was the concept? I had it too. Um, Sounds like 
Yeah, sounds like potato. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I hate when that happened. No, I don't know what happened. I lost my mind there for a second. Oh, that was it. So that's in SaaS sales, right? You talked about the spray and pray, like just tell me everything, but you want to focus on this one thing. The one of the things that I always find interesting is because they have this thing to show, this shiny object, mm-hmm. they focus so much on showing it all. Mm-hmm. And I sell consulting, right? I sell, I sell services. There's nothing to show, right? Same. Right. Same. Just the same as you. So yeah. I always tell these SaaS people that I, I, I partner with a lot of time, I'm like, listen, pretend like you don't have anything tangible to sell. What conversation would you have then? Right? Oh, Josh, you're speaking my love language. A highly visualized discussion is very different than showing up to just dump your products and features and benefits. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So think about how the conversation is different if you don't have this crutch, right? Nobody really wants to see your demo. Like that's at the end of the day, they want to know if there's a solution to whatever it is you're talking about, right? Like for you, I want to write a book. Is there a solution to write a book? right? This one thing, whatever it may be. I don't know. That's just an idea that a concept I've thrown around with some of the software reps that I partner with and was curious to get your feedback on. It sounds like you like it. Um, yeah. Well, and I mean, here's the thing is you mentioned my, I'm reeling a little bit. I grew up selling services first before mm-hmm. I sold products and per, and I've never thought about it this way. Perhaps that's the missing link that made me a bit more successful is you had to go on a visualized journey and there's no start. Totally. There's no stop. You have to always be there because you might stop one project and then there's something else available or mm-hmm. there's a different business unit. And you have to think strategically that way. You have to be really in tune with what's happening in the business versus think a lot of the time with what, and this is what I saw with my product experience with others around me. I was never like this. Right. I think of that, but people just to show up of like, opening up. It's like it, walking down the street in New York and the person comes up to you with the trench coat and they open it up and it's like, here are all my wares. All my watches. Yeah. Which one do you want? And it's like, um, none. <laughs> Cause you don't understand that I'm not trying to buy this watch. Right. So it's just, it's interesting. You just really, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. That's amazing. Thank you for, you just gave me this light bulb moment of like, wait, that is a key. That's yeah. a, that's a part of this. Interesting. Thank well, you. I'm glad I remembered it. Maybe took me uh, 15 to 20 seconds of awkwardness on the show here, but hey. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> We're just having a conversation. There's no awkwardness. Come on now. <laughs> and for those listening, that wasn't awkward. Give the man some some grace and some understanding. Yeah, do that. I appreciate that. Um, so going back to sales leadership, right? You said that you, you you talk to these founders, these startup folks, and they read an article and it says, you know, I need X, Y, and Z. And then it's and, 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 and. So I'm going to throw an article that I read at you because you said, I don't want to hear about your article. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so so I read this article from Jason Lemkin, right? We all know who his disaster guy. And he said, when you're a startup, there's these uh, four sales leaders that you might run into, right? There's the evangelists, right? They've never really been in the role before, but they're super passionate and they're, they're going to evangelize your product. There's the, um, the scale builder, like let's take your process and scale it out. There's the dashboard tweaker, right? Mm-hmm. Person, this and that. And I can't remember what the fourth, fourth one is, but what are your thoughts on that? Like just in general, cause you're saying I, sales, I read this article, I need X, Y, and Z. Are, are those legitimate 
people? Is there something we're missing? No, I mean, they are, but they're shades of gray within those buckets. So like yeah. your time with Jason Lemkin's article, there's an article by um, Doug Landis from Emergence Capital, and that's mm-hmm. the one that I tend to use. Okay. Um, uh, but Jason, I he wrote something about there's 48 different kinds of sales leaders. That's the one. Yeah. And I'm here for that one. I am yeah. totally like I linked back to it in my own articles. Anyway, um, I agree with both of them. They just talk about it differently. Sure. But, that's why I'm saying there's these, these shades of gray. I actually use it. So I wrote my own interpretation of it. And I use that with my clients to say there isn't a perfect person, right? Like, so Doug calls them superpowers. And Mm. um, I think that's probably why I really gravitated towards it as, as a leader, when you're a really good leader, you're very self-aware of like, this is what I do best. These are my superpowers. Yeah. In the way that he categorizes them, he says, you know, the best of leaders, they may have like two, that's right. it, like one and a half, two. Yeah. Which ones do you need for what your business That's so great. Is? And so that's really like, that spoke to my soul. Um, Doug is prolific because he's also been an operator and now he's on the VC side. So it's like really cool yeah. how, his, how his career is, has gone. But what's interesting about that is I use it with my clients and they want all four. And I'm like, you can't have all four. That person does not exist. Yeah. It's kind of like when somebody tells me I need the sales leader that's going to go, we're at, we're at 1.5 million in error right now. I'm mm-hmm. like, that's great. Um, and, and we want to get to hundred million. Well, okay. Yeah. You and everybody else. <laughs> and we want that sales leader. That's going to take us from 1.5 to a hundred million. And I'm like, <laughs> That's a big, there's a lot of gaps in between, a lot of steps in between. Well, here's what I've said to them. Here's the thing in my 25 plus years of being in the game. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of different things and I've been in big companies like Yahoo and in little mm-hmm. baby startups at the time called indeed where I yeah. was employee number 20 something there. One, one, one person. That's it. One, just one. And now just think about this for anybody listening and Josh, for you and I, Look at the work that I do. Do you know how many people I talk to? Think about sure. all hundreds a month. Um, Thursday night sales. Oh yeah, oh, that's right. I've been on there before. Countless conversations there. Yeah. My own sales career. My own. Uh, just think about that over twenty five years. Yeah. A lot. I've seen a lot. One. One. That's it. On my hand, one finger. I don't know if this is going to be visual or not, but one. <laughs> sales leader that went from sub 5 million to a billion and a half dollar exit and is still there to this day as the CRO. I've oh only seen it once, once that's it. I haven't seen it anywhere else. I've only and heard so, of it once just now. <laughs> see, if you know, you know, but it, it's interesting where then there's a lot of education. Like you want all four at yeah. your stage to get somewhere in the future that you don't even know what that looks like. Let's dial it back a lot. Yeah. And figure out, remember how I said earlier, where it's like, what's the work? Let's figure yeah. out the work. And I I really appreciate Jason's sentiment and Doug's sentiment about there is no perfect person. Yeah. What are the things? And you only get to pick two out yeah. of the superpowers or whatever. What are they and why? And what's yeah. interesting is when I'm dealing with co-founders, I just had this with a client. They each picked the opposite of two. And I'm like, oh, really? so now you want all four from the two of you, you have a misalignment. So now you and need to do some marriage have, counseling. 
Well, and I was like, and guess what? I'm going to throw up the pause and the white flag. We need to get a line between the two of you because I'm not going to use our process with candidates and have a bad experience for everybody involved because you're not aligned. And that's and great like, big picture thinking. Well, they were like, I, we haven't even thought of this. I'm like, and this is why exactly. we do it now so that when you are aligned, you know what good looks like. So part of the problem, I think, Josh, and you're not even asking me about this, but I'm just going to throw it yeah, out there. Please. Little bonus round. <laughs> part of the problem is um, if you're not clear, your process won't be clear and your hiring decision won't be clear. And that's why we have a turnover problem. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, I just kind of had an aha moment similar to you a few minutes ago. <laughs> Tell me. But yeah. So, so what you don't know about me is I've been with my current company for eight years. And about three years ago, maybe it was four, my boss, who was the CEO at the time, he said, all right, it's time for you. You know, you've been our top performer for blah, blah, blah you should take over as VP of sales. So, you know, he was functioning as CEO, VP of sales. I'm like, okay, sure. What does that mean? I've never done it, blah, blah, blah. At the time, I'm just like, all right, let's go for it. But now what I'm realizing, I, I didn't succeed, by the way. I went for about a year. I felt like I had no power, no autonomy. I was making less money. And I went back to him and said, hey, I think I'm best served in the company. If I move back into an individual contributor role, are you open to that? And he was, so I'm still there. Um, we're we're in year eight, so that's yeah. the that's the positive. But what I'm hearing here is that maybe one of the reasons that I wasn't successful is because the superpowers that I have aren't the superpowers he needed at the time. Maybe we were too too much alike, right? Because I grew up under him, right? And he needed something different. You I know, mean, maybe that's a possibility. It, it's probably a strong possibility that and and what you experienced is the number one driver of what I see in my business when founders come my way. Yeah. They take the person that um, has done really well in their career that gets seduced by the idea of leadership. Yeah, that was it, 100%. And it doesn't work out. And there's a couple of reasons why. So one, you mentioned, and actually this is a conversation we had with a client and a candidate yesterday, um, This not candidate, excuse me, just the client, the client has uh, a leader on their team and he was saying to the client, I'm not making as much as a leader. And here's the thing that leaders need to understand. You won't. Yeah, totally. So that's like step one. Step two is uh, if you've never done it before, it's tough. you don't know what you don't know. And unless you have really good leadership over you that has, that can really invest in you and understand and show you the things. And in my world, that's not the case, right? Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with founders. It's the Same. blind feeding the blind. Same. And so I would venture to guess, because you're agreeing with me, it was probably a lot of those things in the blender and out mm -hmm. came the recipe for you to have the aha moment of, I gave it my best. Thank you for taking a shot on me. I'm going to go back to where I came from. And by the way, that was early on in my career. I was promoted early because I was a top performer. Mm -hmm. I hated it. It wasn't good. It wasn't even about the money. It was like, I don't, I don't want to babysit. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not dealing with this. I know. It's and tough. then later on in my career, I came back to it. Yeah. You know, And so it's just, it's interesting how we evolve as humans 
And what's an absolute statement today for you and I in our career could be different in five years time. But if for anybody listening to this, that's like, I want to be a leader. You have to ask yourself why. And it's not just because the CEO taps you and says, I think it's time. Why do you think it's time? What is your expectation of me? Why do I think it's time? And if it's not about the people and helping people be their best selves and realizing that you're not going to make the same amount of money as your top performer on the team, Mm -hmm. that's a hard pill to swallow. Totally. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. And it's, it's one of those things where I always say one of the, even the intro to this show says nobody went to school for sales. And I say even less people went to school for sales leadership, right? It's, it's, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just one of those things that just kind of, that comes over time. And you said it perfectly, right? I was, I was not working for a seasoned sales leader. I was working for a founder who happened to be running sales. So he didn't even really know how to articulate what he wanted, right? So there was no real like recipe for this is what I need from you. Here's how we're going to do it together. Here's where I can coach you. Here's who I can bring in. Maybe like those types of things I think is all, is all really interesting. And it takes some pretty hefty self-awareness um, from the founder, which you probably deal with day in and day out um, well, to make that successful. And not even there. It's sometimes they don't, because they haven't been there before they don't know. And so it's not even self-awareness for them. It's like, are they open to the conversation? That's what I really pay attention to is they don't know. And so your CEO had the best of intentions. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. About this, but they didn't know what they didn't know. And so you're getting caught up in that too. You don't know what you don't know. So everyone's not knowing what they're doing. So remember how I said clarity, Mm -hmm. clarity is King. So even if in in intentionality, those two things, like you put those together and magic happens where it's like, wait a second. I love that you tapped me on the shoulder. Let's make sure this makes sense. And I think people are afraid to have this kind of conversation. So again, it goes back to that conversation thing. Yeah. Um, if I'm grateful for one thing, it was the fact that I learned how to do this at an early age of having a tough conversation, looking somebody in the eye and being able to say, I don't know if this makes sense. Yeah. And can we talk about why? And we t- can we talk about how? And can we talk about what? And then I'm listening and then I'm doing a reconciliation of does that map back to my criteria of success? And I did this in sales too. Like not every lead, not every deal, not everything is a good thing. Right. I agree. When you're clear and intentional about what you can do, why you can do it, how you can do it, you're in services. If you can't deliver, it's the kiss of death. Absolutely. You got to know what is a good client where you can deliver. And maybe some of that happens, then you sell it and now it's time to implement. Well, what happens if they don't have a team for that? You could have sold it. You won't recognize the revenue until it actually does something. Mm-hmm. If you can't think like ahead and you can't have that conversation. And sometimes when you don't know what you don't know, it's hard to think ahead. That's why you got to go to the why. Yep. And so for anybody that's in the same situation, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm living this. And my CEO if I'm you and you've already made that decision, um, do you have support from your CEO to get paid training, leadership mm-hmm. training, yeah. mentorship, coaching? You're going to need it. Otherwise, <laughs> I, I can could, I could confirm. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be probably saying the same story that Josh, you and I are saying. And it's it's a valuable lesson. You're never going to learn it again. Yeah. Might do it again but you've learned and you won't repeat the same thing. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, the, the concept of leadership, if you can get over, I think there's a just an ego portion of the title, right? Yeah. So if you can put that aside, you can sit in an individual contributor seat and still be a leader. All day long. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you're successful and you're kind and you treat people as a part of the team, people care about your insights, what you have to say, what you're doing. And I, I had a colleague ask me this recently. She was just like, here, are you moving into like a, a CRO role or something? I was like, no. And she was like, oh, it seems like everybody goes to you for everything. I'm like, yeah, they do. But that's fine. There's no pressure in that. They can come to me and ask me whatever they want. I can help. I can do this. But there's no, there's no expectation, right? It's just kind of is what it is. And I feel good about that because if I can help, I can help. Like that, that kind of is what it is. And that's so. powerful. And that's the thing of like charting your own course for your own career. When I decided to get out of leadership, people were really shocked by that. Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I want to be where the action is. Yeah. I, I want to be where my customer is. I don't want to deal with all this nonsense. Like I want to, I want to be with them. That's what I want to be doing. And um, as I continued to go on and opportunities for promotion that way would come up to me and I would always say, thank you, but no, thank you. There was total shock. Like what? <laughs> And I'm like, you know how I want to grow? And they're like, what? You know where I want to be promoted? What? I want to master my craft to the nth degree. So here's what I want to do. I want to expand laterally, not up the chain. And that Mm -hmm. was like a crazy concept is that you can promote yourself, right? You can be the the CEO of self. Yeah, you have your own business. That's the whole deal about being an entrepreneur is charting your own course And that creates opportunity that you don't even realize. So Josh, if you're in the company and everyone's coming to you and you're like, I'm happy to do that, you now, and that's probably why you're still there when it didn't work out with your CEO, is that you're still really helpful and useful and a team player and somebody that's providing value to not just your pipeline, but to the other parts of the business, that's called leadership. For sure. I want to see us do well. And that's also called job security and employment security. Those things, those relationships, they matter. So if somebody leaves and they remember you being the dude that I could go to, that would help me, that would genuinely take some time to talk about the things that you've gone through, because I'm going through the same thing to, to help me. And I go to the next company and I don't forget you because I'm not going to. And then there's an opening. I'm going to call you. You might not take the call. You might, but I'm going to think of you. And that's the long game. And that's what's missing today is people don't, that big, small world, this is a prime example of that is it's not just about you and your career and what you want in this moment right now. These little things, they compound, they add up and they pay off. Yeah. Pipeline for a lifetime. Love it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And that pipeline doesn't have to just be a deal. It's uh, relationships, right? Amen, brother. Those relationships matter. Well, good. I think that's a, that's a great ending point, right? What, uh, so why don't you tell us where to find you? Well, okay, wait, let's, let's take a second back. What's the one takeaway you want the audience to have from, from our conversation? Learn how to have a business conversation. All right. I dig it. Speaking my language. Yeah. All right. So then where do we find Avenue Talent Partners? Where do we find Amy? What should they know about you? Um, okay. So Avenue Talent Partners is avenuetalentpartners.com. There's also a blog there where I write long form content that's super actionable with things to take away all day long. So there's that. I've read some of that. I agree. 
Oh, thank you. There was a checklist I downloaded. I I can't remember which one, but it was great. It was great. Lots of things, scorecards, like Mm. all sorts of stuff, all up in there. Um, So avenuetalentpartners.com. And then I'm living out loud on a little platform called LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to find me there. Twitter, I'm there as well. And every Thursday night, I show up with Scott Lease and we do a thing called Thursday Night Sales, where it is an open discussion to get better together in earnest, truly. It's a safe place to have really open, candid discussion. And Josh, if you've been there, you know what this is. It's a very cool group. Yep. And I've had Scott on the show as well. He was also excellent. Thank you. Oh, Scott's the best. So thank you. I hope this was helpful for anybody that was listening to this. This is fantastic. Helpful for me. I mean, shoot, if, if nothing else, I got something out of it. So love it. Love it. <laughs> That's what matters, yeah. right? Well, thanks for joining the show, Amy. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.